0: Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church Podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. If you have your Bible, turn it to Psalm, the 24th chapter. We are now moving into the month of November, which is actually one of my favorite months of the year. Any November people out there? I love so many things about November, and I have so many great childhood memories that come from this month. Uh, Thanksgiving, yeah, Fat Man's Holiday, I hope you have your stretchy pants ready. But I remember as a kid, my mom's family lived up in Tennessee and my dad's family we we lived here in Georgia. And so I got to go to Tennessee for Thanksgiving and then I got to swing back home to Georgia for Thanksgiving and I really had the best of both worlds because they were completely different. Both great, but completely different. My mom's dad was a builder who built commercial buildings. Uh, One of the tallest buildings in downtown Chattanooga, Tennessee, I believe it's still maybe the tallest building in Chattanooga, Tennessee, is a building that he built. He built a lot of McDonald's, which meant when you went to his house, there was a lot of leftover McDonald's pieces and parts. Uh, The table that we ate at had the little swivel chairs. Y'all remember the old McDonald's swivel chairs? And then if we went outside to play, we got to jump on Grimace and do the little, that was all at my grandfather's house. So he was a builder, but my dad's dad was a pastor who built churches. Whenever you would go to Tennessee, my mom's family loved to hunt, and so we got to play with guns. When we came to my dad's family's house, we just got to play games. Very safe, careful games, because my grandmother was a worrier. She was the type of person that would say, be careful, be careful. I inherited that trait from her, by the way. If you ever hang out with me outside of church, and there are children around, you will hear me say, be careful. Be careful, like no matter what they're doing, be careful, just be careful. <laughs> my dad has two sisters that are amazing cooks. And they like to cook and we loved to eat. But my mom's mom made the best Thanksgiving dressing hands down bar None. Any Thanksgiving dressing people out there? I love Thanksgiving dressing if it's done right. I may talk about Thanksgiving dressing more as we go on in this series because I have such a deep love for Thanksgiving dressing, and there's so many you know, ways I can pivot from dressing into the sermon, and I'm going to explore all of those options. But I love dressing. But what I learned in those different experiences is this. Everybody has different gifts, Everybody sitting in here, we all have different gifts. Some of you are great cooks, some of you are not. Some of you are talented musicians, some of you are not. Some of you can sing, some of you should only sing in the shower. We all have different gifts. Turn to the person next to you and say, we've got different gifts. But one thing that we can all be gifted in One thing that we should all be gifted in is this word, gratitude. Somebody say gratitude. Gratitude. We all have something to be thankful about. We all have something to be thankful for, whether we realize it or not. And so throughout this month, we're starting a series called Gratitude. And we're going to be talking about how to grow gratitude And what gratitude grows for you. It's not just about you cultivating gratitude, but it's also what gratitude can grow for you. And I want you to understand that gratitude has to be something that you intentionally grow. It's not something that grows on its own. As a matter of fact, if you do studies, you'll see that gratitude is not an emotion that you are born with. There are six major emotions that you are born with. It's just, hey man, here it is. You've got it. But gratitude is not one of them. If you've raised children, you understand that gratitude is not a part of their lifestyle when they come out of the womb. They don't come out going, thank you for birthing me. It's something that we have to instill within them. We're trying to teach them the process of how to fill the emotion and express it now get this because gratitude is more than just saying thank you you can say thank you and not feel grateful and many of us think we are operating in gratitude because we say thank you a lot but we need to really check are we truly grateful for what we're saying thank you for several years ago i was in florida and i got up early and i got my family breakfast and one of my nieces was there and I got her something that she didn't like. I didn't know that she didn't like it. And she, she pitched like a little bit of a hissy. And her mom said, tell Uncle Laram thank you. And she refused. She just wouldn't say it. And so they went back and forth. You're going to tell him thank you. And so this went on for a little bit. Finally, her mom took her into a private room. I don't know what happened in there. But she gave her a lesson in gratitude. And when, when my niece finally came out, she came up to me and said, thank you. (laughs) And I said, I do not receive that. (laughs) Because you don't mean it. (laughs) Gratitude is an emotion that has to be grown. But as you grow in gratitude, you will learn that gratitude will begin to grow things for you. And we're going to get into that in this series. We're going to talk about what gratitude can grow for you, but today I want to focus in on growing in gratitude. Somebody say, it's time for me to grow in gratitude. So we're going to start here in Psalm, the 24th chapter, verse 1. The Bible says, and this is King David who wrote this portion of scripture, he says, the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. In other words, everything belongs to God. He created it. He sustains it. So it's not just the earth that belongs to him, but everything that fills it. Turn to the person next to you and say, that means you. (laughs) David is saying, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. This is a very powerful verse that if we're not careful we'll just let it slip by as a matter of fact many of you have probably heard this verse maybe you can quote this verse but you have not yet caught a revelation of what this verse is saying because when you catch a revelation of this it will change the course of your life when you understand that the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof which means me and everything that i have everything comes from god everything belongs to God I belong to God and everything that I have is a gift from God anything good that flows to me or anything good that flows from me is because of God not because of me David's wanting us to really understand this principle here that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of Thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Everything is a gift from God. The Bible says in James, the first chapter, verse 17, every good and perfect gift. How many? Every. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. In other words, God is the source of every good thing. I'm trying to take my time here. It seems simple, But many of us miss it. Every good gift comes from above. So now what I want you to do is, in your mind, start thinking about some things that you cherish. In your mind, right now, wherever you're at, you're in the room, you're watching online, listening to podcasts, start thinking about things that you love. Now I want you to say this. It came from God. Say it, it came from God. I brought this bass guitar out to show you because this is one of my most valuable possessions. My dad gave this to me when I was 12 years old, which means this is almost 31 years old. Isn't it amazing how time flies? I love this base. When I first got it, I wouldn't let anyone touch it because I loved it so much. There was plastic, you know, wrapping that comes on it. Sometimes your cell phones will have it on it. I'm the type of person that leaves it on there till it falls off on its own. And I'm also the type of person that gets very angry if you decide you're going to be the one that removes it for me. <laughs> My truck is about three years old and it still has places in it, I believe, that still have the plastic on it because I like to take care of what I have but this bass is it means so much to me because one it was a gift from my father but also this bass and others like it have afforded me so many different opportunities in my life so many great memories I have from my life are on a stage or in a studio playing the bass guitar but watch this. Everything this bass guitar is made of came from, hello? God. God. The master builder who crafted this instrument was created by God. The gift and skill he had to make a bass like this came from God. The Father who loved me enough to go to the music store and purchase it for me was created by God. Are you seeing how that works? I really want you to start seeing your life that way that everything that you have, everything that you hold dear to, everything that you love originated with God. Somebody say it came came. from God." God. Psalm 103, if you're there or if you have a Bible, turn it there. I'm just trying to take my time and teach a little bit today because it's important that we grasp this concept because once we grasp this, it's going to cause gratitude to begin to grow in our life. Psalm 103 verse 2 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. Somebody say, forget not not. all his benefits. What does that mean? It means I need to take time to remember everything that God has done for me. He called me, he chose me, he's equipped me, he's appointed me, he saved me, he's delivered me. All of these things are things that I need to remember and I need to rehearse. Why? Because remembering what God has done is going to lay the foundation for gratitude in your life. Too many times we forget so quickly what God has done. So many times we meditate on what we do not have instead of taking time to meditate and remember what we do have. That's the human nature. The human nature is we view the lack. We view what we don't have that we wish we had and we let what we do have go to the wayside. We waste it because there's no gratitude for it. But David is saying, I want you to take time to remember everything that God has benefited you with. Every gift, every talent, every person that God has blessed you with in your life. The fact that he has saved you, the fact that he died for you. Take time to remember that because that is going to begin to birth gratitude. Now what we have to do is from that place of gratitude beginning to grow in our life, we have to turn that gratitude into praise. Because anything you do not turn into praise will turn into pride. Anything you have in your life that you're grateful for, that you do not praise God for it, will turn into pride because you'll start thinking It's because of you. It's because I have a gift. It's because I took the time. It's because I worked so hard. Listen, there is is a portion that takes your involvement. But remember, the source of all that is coming from God. The wisdom that you had to make the decision that you made came from God. The ability to get up out of bed and put your boots on and go to work came from from God. Whatever you are gifted in, every single ability came from God. If you can see today, it's because God gave you eyeballs. If you can hear today, it's because God placed ears on your head. If you are breathing right now, it's because God is allowing oxygen that He made to flow into the body. That he created. If your heart is beating this morning, it is because God has caused it to beat. Everything, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. It's very important for us to remember what he's done and then reflect it in praise. And not allow it to become pride. Because pride will bring destruction into your life. Gratitude is like a magnet for the blessings of God gratitude is like a magnet for the favor of god gratitude expands your capacity to handle more of what god wants to do in your life did you know that you ever seen those fish that can grow fairly large but they'll only grow to the size of their container if you want the fish to grow bigger you've got to expand the container If you want to grow and experience more of what God has to offer in your life, you've got to expand the boundaries for him to move and operate. And one of the ways that we create space for God to move in our life is through gratitude. Because why would he do more for you if you're not thankful for what you already have? Any parents out there got kids? How many of you would just be like gung-ho to buy, go buy your kid a new toy when they haven't played with the one that's very similar to it? They treated it like garbage. They lost it. You're, are you going to be excited about going to get a new toy? No. The only reason you will do it is because you don't want to hear them run their mouth and cry and whine. But when you find a child who is grateful for what they have and they use what they have, they cherish what they have, then guess what? you are willing to go do more for them. See, that bass guitar right there, that's just the first of many that my father purchased for me. When he saw what I did with that one, he had no problem buying me any musical instrument that I wanted. All I had to do was say, Dad, I'm interested in this, and he would make it happen for me. Why? Because he knew that I would be grateful, and he knew that I would use it. He knew that I would use it to not just benefit myself, but also to benefit the kingdom of God. So it's always... A yes. Are you following this? Gratitude creates space. Somebody say gratitude. Gratitude. creates space. Believing everything that comes from God lays the foundation. Please hear this. Believing that everything comes from God lays the foundation for gratitude. Because now I do not see everything as an accomplishment, but I see it as a gift. If I do not believe what I have comes from God, then I will see it as an accomplishment and not a gift. And I will never thank God for what I think I've done. I'll only thank him and bless him for what I realize he has done in my life. Please hear me, church. If there's anything I understand, I understand that I am nothing apart from Jesus Christ. I am nothing apart from Jesus Christ. I am nothing good apart from Jesus Christ. I have no wisdom apart from Jesus Christ. I have no skill or ability apart from Jesus Christ. I understand that. And because of that, I operate in gratitude. And the more I dwell on the things I'm grateful for, the more that emotion wells up in me, and as that emotion wells up in me, the more I release that gratitude around me, which attracts things to me. It opens doors for me that I could not open for myself. You want to see your marriage change? Start meditating on how grateful you are for them in your life. Start thinking about how grateful you are for everything they do for you and for your family. See, that's not a natural response. Our natural response is to see what they do not do. Our natural response is to complain about what they're not doing right or what they're not doing right in your eyes. And I have learned that my complaining changes nothing. But when they feel honored, through your gratitude. And when that becomes a two way street where you're both just so grateful. I mean, and I, again, I'm not just saying saying thing, I'm talking about actually having that feeling, that emotion welling up in you to where you're like, man, I'm just so grateful to have this person in my life. Father, I thank you for placing. This person in my life, I thank you for what they do. I thank you for who they are. I thank you for how they've blessed me and encouraged me and helped me. God, I would not be where I am today had you not brought this person into my life. And because of that, I say thank you. I thank you for divine connections. God, I thank you for not allowing me to step into relationships that I should not have been in. I thank you for keeping me from that trouble. Are you, are you following It all comes down to having this foundation in your life that God is the source of everything good you have. You have done nothing apart from God. Please hear that. Please understand that. You have done nothing apart from God. And I know there are people who want to argue that. I know there are people who are probably hearing this saying, you have no idea. But I will respond by saying, actually, you have no idea how good God has actually been to you. And the fact that you are here today shows the goodness of God in your life. The fact that the thing that should have taken you out did not take you out is because God has a plan, a destiny, and a future for you. Are you you hearing that? The reason the thing that should have taken you out did not take you out is because God loves you and he has a purpose and a plan for your life. And for that, you should be grateful. I'm not the source of my life. That's something that we need to rehearse. I'm not the source of my life. This is a great understanding that David had. That's why he pins things like, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, because he knows everything that I've got comes from God. David has a tremendous resume. He's got one of the most fascinating stories in Scripture, if you take time to read about him. He started out with nothing. He was just a shepherd living in a pasture. But he comes to prominence and ends up living in the throne room as the king over a nation from nothing to something great yet he remembers that i'm here because of god he remembers god's faithfulness in the moments when he was in the pasture he remembers the time when jesse came to anoint the next king of israel and he was overlooked he wasn't even invited to the party but god said go get david bring him in because he's the next king god chose david to be king David remembers that he has this tremendous ability to play the harp because God gave him that ability, and that ability gave him room and audience with the king. David remembers that God gifted him with the slingshot and gave him the ability to use it in an incredible way, and that gave him the opportunity to take out the giant that landed him into the palace. He remembers everything that God has done. He remembers everything how far God has brought him, and he's able to ground himself in gratitude and not get caught up in, I'm the most powerful man in the world. The most powerful man in the world, the king of a nation, yet he does not get prideful because he turns it into praise. God, you've done this for me. God, you've anointed me. God, you've chosen me. When others overlooked me, you called me out. When others said it would not work, it would not happen, you made a way where there seemed to be no way. God, when there was times where the enemy was coming at me from every direction, God, you delivered me every single time. And for that, I say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And David's thanksgiving and praise created room for God to make him a great king. Every other king that you read about throughout Scripture, almost every king, is an epic failure because they allow pride to enter their life. They forget thanksgiving. Even David's own son who's going to step into the kingship after him, he starts off good but he ends very poorly because he gets caught up in this thing of searching for stuff and forgetting about the God who gave him the stuff in the first place. But I want you to see what David says in 1 Chronicles, the 29th chapter. This is after he's, he's almost done being king. He's about to position his son Solomon to be king. And they've got a goal to build a temple for God. Because up to this point, there was this traveling tabernacle, a tent. That was the, the house of God. And, and David's like, no. If I can live in a palace, then I'm going to do much more for my God. I'm not going to allow God to stay in a tent while I'm living in the blessings that God has given me. So watch what he says in 1 Chronicles 29, starting verse 1. And David the king said to all the assembly, Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great. For the palace will not be for man, but for the Lord God. He's talking about the construction of the temple. Solomon's responsibility is going to be to build this temple. Verse 2. So I have provided for the house of my God, so far as I was able, the gold for things of gold, the silver for things of silver, the bronze for things of bronze, the iron for things of iron, and the wood for the things of wood. Besides great quantities of onyx and stones for setting, colored stones, all sorts of precious stones and marble, Moreover, in addition to all that I have provided for the holy house, I have a treasure of my own gold and silver. And because of my devotion to the house of my God, I give it to the house of my God. So he's not just turning his gratitude into praise. He's turning his gratitude into generosity. He's saying, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I say I honor God. I'm going to show you, God, how much I honor you by making sure that there is a place on earth established for you, a place where people can come and worship you. And if you read on through the verses, you'll see that not only does David do this, but he also encourages all of the people to remember what God has done for them and respond in generosity. Now, he's the king. He could have said, every man woman boy and girl is going to give something to this project but he doesn't you know why because god doesn't want your obligations god does not desire your obligatory gift the reason so many of us don't walk in the blessing and favor of god and we think well i've done this for god is because you've not done it out of a generous thankful heart you've done it out of obligation well i've got to do this i've got to go to church you know pastor said we need to be thankful so thank you It's an obligatory gift, and God says, I will not receive that. God receives a gift that comes from a heart of gratitude and joy. I give God my time because I love the Lord my God. I serve in his house because I love the Lord my God. I give to his kingdom because I love the Lord my God. It is a joy, it is an honor, it is a privilege. Are you following this? So David is saying, listen, I encourage you to do it, but I want you to do it because you remember how good God is and not out of obligation. Now he goes on to say this in verse 10. Therefore, David blessed the Lord in the presence of the assembly, and David said, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory And the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. I don't even see this kingdom or this nation as mine even though I'm its king. Are you catching that? If anyone had a right to say this is mine, I made it happen, I fought for it, I took out giants when no one else was willing to take out giants, I have fought the wars. I have fought the battles. I have established this nation. If anyone had the right to do it, it was David. And he backs off and says, Everything in heaven and everything on earth belongs to you because I understand my position. I am the creation and not the creator. I am the creation and not the creator. The blessings I have are because you have chosen to bless me. The good things that you have are because God has allowed them to happen. He says, for all that is in heaven and all that is in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you. So David's saying, this gold that I'm donating to the uh, temple building actually just came from you. Why? Because the cattle, the gold, it all belongs to him. I'm going somewhere with this. Both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. When I... See him as the source of my gifts, I will make him the object of my gratitude. I already told you, I understand that everything that I am comes from God. And I can track it through the history of my family. To a time when they were in Armenia, genocide was about to happen and God saved them from the genocide by telling them to come to the United States. So my family exists because God spoke. Then they went out to California. My grandfather, who was caught up in motorcycle gangs, he was a part of what uh, was the original Hells Angels out there in Los Los Angeles, the East Los Angeles Falcons. He was caught up in motorcycle gangs, doing his own thing, living his own life. One day, he's swimming in the ocean, and he hears the voice of God say, Harry, where will you spend eternity? He hears the voice of God three times. And on the third time, he gives his life to Jesus Christ and immediately goes out, starts picking cotton, selling cotton to raise money to buy a tent to where he can start preaching the gospel. There's a legacy of ministry in my family because God was faithful to call my grandfather. So the only reason I'm standing here today preaching the gospel is because of God's goodness and faithfulness. It's not even on my merit because I have screwed up so many things in my life that it's not even funny. If anybody could disqualify themselves from the call of God on their life, it would be me with some of the things that I've done in my life, some of the stupid decisions that I've made in my life. Yet God is good. God is faithful. And so I gladly say, God, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you the best of what I have. And not only am I going to give you the best of what I have, I'm going to take what you've given me, and I'm going to cause it to prosper and grow. See, if you gave me a a gift to play an instrument, I'm not just going to play the instrument with the gift that you gave me. I'm going to spend time and craft that and develop it until I can do the best with it to the best of my ability. God, if you've given me the ability to communicate, I'm always going to work on becoming a better communicator. Why? Because it shows my gratitude. Listen, I've done this long, a long, long time. I'm in almost 21 years of licensed ordained ministry. Before that, I was in ministry. I grew up in church. One of the jobs I had was editing television sermons. So I would sit and listen to sermons over and over and over again to edit them. I've been around it long enough to where I promise you I could get up on a Sunday morning and string some words together that would make sense for you. And you go, man, that was a pretty good sermon. But I don't do that because I honor the gift that God has given me. I am so grateful for it that I'm going to work with it. I'm going to pray through it. God, help me in this area. God, develop this. God, what is it that you want to say? Why? Because I'm expressing my gratitude. When it comes to the first Sunday of the month, I have zero problem giving my money to God. You know why? Because I understand he's the one that's given me the power to get the wealth. He's the one that has placed it in my hand. So not only do I not have a problem doing it, it is a joy to do it. It is a joy to return at least 10% of everything that he's blessed me with. And then on top of that, I'll give him a Thanksgiving offering. I did that today on top of my tithe. first Sunday of the month. On top of my tithe, I said, God, this is an offering I'm giving to you just to show that I am thankful for what you've done in my life. I understand that you are the source of everything and I understand that it could be gone just like that. As soon as you decide that you want to turn off the source, it's over. But God, you're faithful. You're good. You're kind. I'm grateful. And my gratitude is going to respond in praise and my gratitude is going to respond in praise. In generosity but here's the beautiful thing about it when god sees that heart he says that's the person i can bless i can trust what i put in their hand because they're not going to allow their what they have to turn into greed it turns into generosity so in other words you become a conduit of the blessing of god because he knows when he puts it in your hand you're willing to release it wherever he says release it and he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater Did you just hear what I said? He gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. To the person who sows in gratitude and joy, he says, I will make a way for you to do more of what you love. You want to honor me? I'm going to honor you with all of these things. Boom, 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 boom. I'm going to bless you in every area of your life. My favor is going to be on you in every area of your life. Why? Because of your heart. See, David had a heart that was for God. He wasn't a perfect person, but he had a great heart towards God. Here's my challenge to you today, and it's the same encouragement that David gave to the people of Israel. Start taking the things that God has done for you and turn them into praise and generosity. Stop seeing yourself as the source and start seeing God as the life-giving source that has placed every good gift into your hand. Father, I thank you for every good thing that you've done for me. I thank you for every good thing that you've done for this church. Father, I thank you for being mindful of us in the times that we were not mindful ourselves. God, the times that we were making foolish decisions, you were even working those things together for our good.